You're listening to XOXO After Darkcast, in which three editors talk romance novels, sex, pop culture, relationships, writing. And did we mention sex? Yeah! From the ladies behind XOXOAfterDark.com, because the best conversations happen after dark. Welcome to the XOXO After Dark cast. Today we are talking about prickly women. Like us. With prickly women. Here, here. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk our favorite uh, difficult heroines and uh, non-quote likable lady characters. Uh, and we're having on Amy Reichert, who, whose new book, The Simplicity of Cider, comes out on May 16th. And it features a self-described prickly heroine. Um, I think Amy will be okay with us using that term because she let me put it in the ca- copy. <laughs> um, but before we dive into that interview, we should probably tell you to visit the revamped XOXO After Dark site. Um, you can get free reads. There are cool roundups and quizzes and things like that that Diana and Abby work very hard on. So please honor their good work and go hang out with us. Um, okay, ladies. I love a prickly heroine. I have <laughs> since childhood. I think it's safe to say my favorite of all time is Joe from Little Women. Classic. Yeah. She's a prickly one. She, she runs is. away. She's always doing what she wants. You know That just makes her bold. It's so funny. It does. I think I don't recognize prickly as prickly because I'm like, she's just right and misunderstood. Exactly. I actually don't think she's prickly. I think that's the wrong term. She's headstrong. She's She's bold. Right. Prickly is someone who takes offense to something perhaps unwarranted. You know? Okay, so you're thinking of it as even more unlikable than I am. Yes. I'm thinking of it as more headstrong. Prickly. Yeah, but she was. There actually is a scene in Little Women where she protects herself from vulnerability by holding a prickly. pillow mm-hmm. and it's like a joke between her and Laurie that when she doesn't want to be talked to she holds this pillow because it's prickly <laughs> anyway mm-hmm. oh I get it anyway so since forever we've all liked these difficult heroines I do like a difficult heroine but of course now I'm like oh I can do this all right I'm in jump in I just had to look up because I can do it both on the small screen big screen Lauren thinks she's the most expert at prickly heroines is oh. what we're getting I have to be well I wouldn't say I'm the most expert but I have to <laughs> say I really find myself as an editor mm-hmm. if they're too weak ugh, I'm always trying to change them it's like when they show up with a beard they must be shaved <laughs> like I care not the you women wait 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 no, you she's, make, she's anti-beard you're uh, you I'm anti-beard my point is if no, I know I, but if, you make your authors take them out of their books always oh <gasps> I've removed mustaches before for sure oh god who wants to make out with a mustache hair. have you ever made out with a mustache yes it's fine it's nice whatever Gross. Whatever. Okay. Um, yes, no I do make faces. Them. I don't think I've. I mean, I'm open to if I can't make them, they can have it. But mm, but you gotta try. They always do. Um, I love. I prefer. It's my reading of choice, and I love them so much. Okay. Books. Cressley Cole's *Kiss of a Demon King*. Her probably least liked heroine of her entire gazillion book series, Sabine. Um, so powerful, so strong, so unlikable to perhaps people who like weaker, more, you know, um, nice. Nice. Nice girls. Mm-hmm. Um, she's just very snarky. She's very much tell it like it is. She's very quick to anger. Um, I love everything about her. Nora Roberts, uh, her Irish trilogy, Born in Fire, the glass blower, and if you watch our YouTube channel, I've spoken <laughs> of her for my favorite Irish reads. Um, 
the 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 glass blower is the fiery one. She will. I mean, Nora might have the most prickly heroines of all of them because they really do pop cans for no good reason. Even I'm like, wow, <laughs> you could chill out, dude. Um, <laughs> Even Lauren says I you was could like, chill wow, out. That's a little crazy. Um, shows my favorite prickly heroine just because she was so brilliant was from HBO's Rome. I don't know if anyone I saw never that. I watched that show. No. All I can say is do yourself a favor. It is top. Even though it so, starred a ginger? Yeah, he's hot ginger. Yeah. Um, hot <laughs> ginger. A, it Damian, does exist. Damien Lewis? Damien Lewis. Oh, no, it's Damian not Damien Lewis. Lewis is so no. sexy. It's, it's not Damien Lewis. That I always think is Damien And he, by the way, he's not a ginger. He's... To- yeah, it's Lucius. It's Lucius Cassius. I'm pretty sure. I'm looking him up right now. Lucius Verinus, and it's Kevin McKidd. Oh. And is he a ginger? No, he's blonde. Okay. Diana says he's a ginger. Oh, well, we're going to pull it up right now. The reason I brought her up, or the reason that she ever went on to be Indira on Game of Thrones? The one on Rome that you're actually, that we keep one not letting We you have to look say. her up. Which her name is Polly Walker. Oh, no, but she is awesome. She's Atia of Julie. Not, oh. He's a ginger. Uh, yeah, yeah. A ginger. we just saw. Yeah. He's right. cute. He's, he's, cute. he's the guy from But I see his body. Wait till you see his body. It is find no it joke. Two thumbs up. No joke. Oh, no. <laughs> it's the wife of him who goes on to Game of Thrones. Yes. And yes. Polly Walker, though, is also awesome in something else that I watched. Would you look up Polly oh, Walker? Oh, she was in, I want to say, Caprica, the follow-up to Battlestar Galactica. Oh, possibly didn't see it. Anyway, awesome. The reason I love her, Polly Walker has, or Atia, ends the whole series with one of the best lines of the whole world, and I can't believe, I used to be able to call it up when it was closer to, because I said it for like months after. Mm-hmm. Rick's like, all right, already, weirdo. <laughs> it was her and her rival were like out of, they were thrown in jail, mm-hmm. it's over. The whole mess has gone on, and she's like, uh, glad to see you got, you know, you're okay with being raped and pillaged. She was her rival. She dragged her through the streets. This one was in jail forever. And she was like, yeah, oh, it was her new daughter-in-law. And she's like, good luck, mother dear. You know, I'm going to be ruling now. You're really in trouble. She's like, please. I've done more than you've ever done in your small little life. And she rages on this girl to the best of her ability. And I was like, Oh my god, I want to be you. I <laughs> She love, sounds like Cersei. Cersei. She's better than Cersei. It, it but it is Cersei, but she's better. It, like Cersei so versus versus Marjorie, which I think was uh, the best. That was good stuff. That was really good. Now I have to find the line, but those are my picks. Oh, you know who's best though in that show is um, Diana What's her name? The Marjorie's grandma. Marjorie's grandma. Yes, Diana Rigg. Sorry, Lady Olena. Di- yeah, Lady Olena. Yeah. Diana yes. Rigg is hands so down at the show. best lines oh, in that she show. She's yeah. the best. And I realized, of course, my favorite prickly heroine, well, person maybe, mm-hmm. is uh, Catherine Hepburn. Oh, of course. And almost everything. Like, she's Philadelphia my Story. Philadelphia Story, Holiday. Um, Holiday is my favorite unsung Catherine mm, Hepburn one that I fair love. Fair enough. Um, we already we just discussed recently bringing up baby. Bringing up baby, yeah. Um, African queen. African queen, just she's just unstoppable. She's the best. She's the best, and she just brings it with sheer force of will. It's true. Um, I would say maybe in books, I think of Jane Eyre as a prickly heroine. Mm. She is at the beginning. She is, and then she banks her fire for her own survival. Right. But the rage that keeps her going when she's in these like, crazy I things. may be plain right. and small, but I have a heart or whatever yes. she says. Yes. I don't remember the line, but it's so good. Yes. Uh, uh. the best. And she and that's the thing. And when she has the 
nerve to because prickly women won't put up with no Sinjin. You'll come and be a missionary wife, and Ugh, you should be lucky. Ugh. It's Ugh, so bad. So bad. Why mm. would he think she would be a missionary's wife? Because he didn't see her. He didn't see her. He didn't see the essential Ugh, her. Sinjin. Oh, I have one more. I have to go back to um, Maddie from um, Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepherd. Moonlighting? Moonlighting. Oh. I never saw Moonlighting. Oh. oh. Everybody loves it. Set. it is why is that not best. on like Netflix or something? Yes, you should not? be able to see it. Netflix, why isn't it on like instead of Friends? Or reruns. On like everywhere. I don't Everybody know. Everybody loves Raymond. It must be stuck in some kind of limbo. studio yeah. or Licensing limbo. Licensing limbo, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Uh, Maddie so, so was good. so prickly and so good. So good. It really, and they were so, they were just a classic, like. Oh, and he was so good. Will they, won't they? Yeah. And then, I mean, the sort of reputation of it is that, of course, once they finally, they managed to string them out for season after season. Oh, when they finally they got them the together, shark. it just. You know, it was a great prickly heroine, although real life woman. Uh, I recently watched, I had read a few years ago, but recently watched The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks. Mm. And oh, I just watched that. Wasn't it so good? Mm. Oh, I loved it. Did you read the book? No. Oh, I freaking loved the book. Rick said the book was like a the book was times like better. Yeah. Well, of course, but I had forgotten that Oprah was amazing. In this yeah, movie. the woman that Oprah is playing, I don't Deborah, I think mm-hmm. the daughter Deborah Lacks, her so Henrietta's daughter. Yes. Um, she was suspicious. Uh, angry, paranoid, had been mm-hmm. grievously harmed, you know, but lashed out. Everything is a manic depressive, I think. I mm-hmm. think she, yeah, she had some mental issues, but like co- totally compelling, totally motivated, bringing this family and this history to Together. light. And like so interesting. Mm-hmm. I just really respect that. You know what it yeah. was? I felt in her need to, or their need to not make her such a character, the reporter, Rebecca Solcom or whatever name. Sklute. Sklute. They made her so dishwater. Like she did have a part in that life in that story. But she did. She in the book wrote herself into second place. Well, my point is, she was in like fifth in the show. I think wisely. uh, If you're gonna tell, if you're gonna tell that story, she was still there. Like I needed more. They needed to undermine the white savior argument pretty quick. They needed to do that. Like Mm -hmm. otherwise, the optics of it. Right. You run into the sort of issue with the help. Right. Uh, Where it's just a a really. How about you care about people and it deserves to be told? How about that? You know, there's yeah, but there's legitimate concerns about there's something to be said about people being telling their own stories rather than having their history told. I know. Right. Um. So then. Let's oh wait! Did we talk about all the heroin? Uh, did we didn't talk about Olive Kittredge? Oh, all I'm you. surprised. Lauren talks about Olive Kittredge. I just was so focused hero, on Atia. personal hero of Lauren McKenna. Olive By the way, Kittredge. I'm curiously looking up for her final quote. But anyways, I'm going to let that goes go. Olive Kittredge might be hands down the prickliest pair. See, no, I don't love her. <gasps> And I She's still definitely seen it. the prickliest pair. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I have never. I just. Uh, I, did you see the the miniseries? I watched the miniseries. I turned it off like three quarters of the way through. You did. Yeah. <gasps> I know. I know. I wasn't Ooh, in the right headspace. Sorry. I wasn't <laughs> in the right headspace. That was my. That was my bad. I love her. I know you do. I know. And I think I would probably like the book. I haven't read the book. The book's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. the book's better. But. Well, obviously. But I don't know. Frances McDormand. I love Frances McDormand. I mean, Fargo. She's the be all end all you know I found her I mean she's brilliant but I hate that accent yeah no I can see that about you but then I always blend her together with um, 
other wonderful prickly heroine from uh, Six Feet Under. Oh, Patricia. I love her with the hair. The one that they play, they've played sisters together. Patricia, help me. Neil. I don't know her name. Oh, no. I know her. I just saw her. I only know her as the mom on. She's, she's the mom from Six Feet Under. She's also in that Ryan Gosling one that you told me about. She's the psychiatrist our in the list, Ryan Gosling. Our listeners are oh. like, it's... Yeah, I know. No, no. The Carl Clarkson. Carlson. Pa- Patricia Clarkson. Clarkson. No. Patricia Clarkson. That's not the mom from Six Feet Under. Frances Conroy? Frances Conroy oh, is it. the mom from Six Feet oh, Under. Oh, no, but the no, sister she's is, yes, Patricia is Patricia Clarkson. And, and the mom Lars is Frances Conroy. I'm sorry, Frances Conroy. The boy, the Lars and the something Lars boy. the real girl. Bo- real girl. Lars and the real girl. I love that movie. Patricia Clarkson is the therapist for Ryan Gosling. Oh, yeah. Is she? She is. This is. I don't remember him having who's a therapist. That lady? By yeah. the way, Patricia Clarkson is beautiful. You know She's who's losing redhead. his shit right now is Doug because he is a character actress enthusiast. And oh my god! And he's like, first of all, you're all he, idiots. Right. Uh, yeah. No, it's Patricia Clarkson. So sorry, we did it. He's disowning you because correct. you didn't even know who she was. And correct. he's disowning me because, in fact, I meant Francis Conroy. Exactly. Oh, you did? Uh, yes. Oh, well, she's the prickly one. Patricia Clarkson also is the sister wonderful in Six and the sister, but not the wrong one. Yes, I I have just played my own little game of Six Degrees of Kevin. Bacon, but involving <laughs> the Francis and the <laughs> Well, shall we Get interview here, Amy? <laughs> yes. I was like, on that note, yeah. people yes. are disgusted and can't listen to us. Babble the any point longer. is, we really love a strong female character, and she does not have to be smooth around the edges. Actually, yeah. let us know who your favorite female character is and write into XOXO, because I'm actually kind of interested. I could go on and on. Right, but I'm always looking yeah. for more Oh, oh! I didn't even mention the woman upstairs, Claire Massoud. Oh. oh, I don't remember the name of the heroine, but she's so dark and great. Oh, I love her. Okay. okay. All okay. right, so give now us more gonna... recommendations in the comments. Yes, and now we're going to give Amy Reichert a call, and we'll talk about her prickly heroine. Excellent. We'll be right back. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to XOXO After Darkcast. Welcome, Amy. Uh, we are so excited to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. You know I love it when I get to come on the podcast. Now, have you done it once or twice have you been with us before? I did it once officially, and then I kind of snuck in at um, RT last year. Oh, fun. fun Abby fun. did a little short snippet. <laughs> Those were a fun <laughs> excuse to get to talk to everybody. They really are. Yeah. Um, well, welcome back. We are celebrating your publication of your third book, The Simplicity of Cider. Yes. Um, I can't believe I'm up to three already. I know. I'm actually going to ask you a lot of questions about how this was different. Okay. But um, first, can you tell us just a couple of lines about what the book's about? Yes. The book is about Sana. She is uh, one of those people who doesn't particularly like others. <laughs> she and her dad live on their family's orchard together. And in her spare time, she's been making cider. She has a special gift that um, allows her to really create unique blends of cider. Mm-hmm. Uh, and her dad decides to hire on this man who happens to be very, very handsome, and his 10-year-old son, who is just a riot and one of my favorite characters ever. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, her dad has an accident, and Sana is forced to rely more and more on this new man and his son to help get the orchard running. And over the course of the book, a lot of her preconceived notions are um, 
challenged, mm-hmm. and they start growing closer and closer together, and there's some other mysterious things that happen. Oh, yay. So um, I'm just super excited about it. I love this book. I think this is this is a, a favorite of mine, and for a reason that we were talking about earlier in the podcast, um, Sana mm-hmm. is a prickly heroine, and, and we talked a lot about kind of yeah. what makes those, what what kind of... Maybe you can settle a debate for us. What makes okay. a heroine, what qualifies her to be a prickly heroine? Well, she isn't concerned with whether or not people like her. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's prickly. When you you don't really care about what others think of you, you're not worried about making their lives more comfortable. It's not necessarily that you're selfish. It's right. just that you're not concerned about what others think. And yeah. I think that's really that's really a big part of her is she's not... She hasn't had a lot of luck with people mm-hmm. who live off the orchard. So she doesn't really care what they think about. She just wants to make sure her trees are healthy. She wants to spend time alone with her cider. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes her, well, that's what she thinks makes so, her happy. Yeah, it's almost a fierce independence. <laughs> yes, yes. That's a really good way of putting it. And what do you um, think, and I think about? That, and so she's not worried about what she says and yeah. how it comes and off. How it, and how she says it. <laughs> That's how she says it. I found that very endearing. I had her much more prickly, and you made me make her less prickly. Well, I did. I did soften (laughs) some of her edges because we've got to spend time with her. So, yeah, there's a little. There's a fine line between prickly to outsiders and prickly to the reader. (laughs) Correct. I agree, and I think you guided me correctly. Um, Tell me about why you wanted to write a heroine who wasn't all sugar and spice, and you know the nice things that are associated with women. I Well, I think, one, because part of me aspires to be more like that. I wish sometimes I was less concerned with what people thought of me mm-hmm. and what... And I sometimes wish I could speak my mind more more than I do now. Sometimes I, I hide my feelings because I don't want them to come out wrong and I don't want to hurt feelings, which is important. Right. But sometimes truths need to be said. Yeah. And I wish I was a little bit more outspoken that way and a little bit stronger, like I feel Sana is about the things that she loves. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially as the story grows, she becomes, you really start to see her care about things that are beyond the apples and the, and, and the cider. Things that could hurt um, her. So that really wanted me, I, and I like the idea of exploring characters that maybe people don't like right away. <laughs> I think MJ made some really poor choices that people struggled with and I like exploring unlikable women right and hopefully I do my job and I make the reader if not like them at least understand them yeah I think that's a valuable endeavor there are a lot of ways in which women are policed in our world yeah um and so to have especially the beauty of fiction and the way you write it is mm-hmm. uh, you get to know all the internal thoughts and feelings. You know, yes. that's that's my yes. favorite thing about reading fiction is that you can find out you can really plumb the depths of another person Agreed. via fiction that you can't. I don't know, maybe in a marriage or something, but like that you can't really do with other people in real life. I absolutely agree. Well, and I also like to explore, I hate to say that I don't like to use the word unlikable women because mm-hmm. I don't think my women are unlikable, no. but nobody ever talks about unlikable men. Right. And they're just I, people. <laughs> so they're just people. They're people that are complicated and right. maybe aren't always the most friendly and 
and welcoming. And there's reasons for that. And I want to explore those reasons. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I love Sana. She really grew on me. And and I, I like that she is herself and doesn't apologize for it. And um, I, I think agree. that your other favorite character, Bass, uh, <laughs> appreciates that about her, too. I think so, too. Um, Bass is absolutely one of my favorites. He <laughs> is the only character who is based on a real person. He's very much so based on my son. Mm-hmm. And 10-year-old boys are just really special creatures because <laughs> they're so sweet. <laughs> And wonderful, and they still like their moms. Yeah. But at the same time, they are really into potty humor, which just drives me nuts. Oh, I tried to take all and that out, and you would not let me. No, I didn't <laughs> get the diarrhea song in. No, Thank I tried. God. That that song was a <laughs> was a bridge too far. <laughs> Maybe if readers write to you <laughs> offline, they can find out about That's that song. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I can t- I can do a little freebie with the extra lyrics. Exactly. That Yikes. <laughs> The dangers of having an editor who doesn't have children. That's, hey, that's okay. So tell us a little bit more about Bass. What is he like besides uh, potty humor? Um, he, he, he's like, a, you know, he likes to run. He's in constant motion. Mm-hmm. And I think what he appreciates the most about Sana is he, she doesn't treat him as a 10-year-old little boy who can't take the truth. Yeah. She just treats him like a person, like everybody else. He right. has no difference. And I think he really appreciates that until, of course, one day it, it goes awry. Yeah. <laughs> but that's an important part of the book as well. Totally. Um, and I love, he brings out a different side in the characters. I love, he just, I love the conversations he has with Sana. I love the conversations that he has with Einars, mm-hmm. um, who is Sana's father. He's just a special little kid. And it was really fun exploring the world from that viewpoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is he is special. I really like him, <laughs> despite <laughs> his potty humor. <laughs> Not because of. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this, as we mentioned a little bit earlier, this is your third book that you've published. Yes. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how it was different to write The Simplicity of Cider versus Luck, Love, Lemon Pie or Coincidence of Coconut Cake? Yes. So my first two novels, those ideas had been bumping around in my head for mm-hmm. a long time, especially the coincidence of coconut cake. Totally. And, you know, it, from, from the day I started Cake to the day it was published was almost five years. For Lemon, it was almost three years. Wow. And with Cider, it was less than a year. <laughs> really? Because, um, you know, we, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I knew. Why did we I do that to I you? the next. I, hey, that's what happened. Because <laughs> I had finished, I'd mostly finished Lemon, and you you came to me and you said, okay, what's next? Right. What else do you have? And I didn't have anything. <laughs> <laughs> so what was really different about this process is I, this was the first time I'd ever sold a book on proposal. Mm-hmm. So I had created that a long document that had character sketches and um, the, the synopsis of the story as I saw it at that point. Yeah. And that was the first time I wrote from a document like that. And having that was so helpful going in. And I, every part of the process for Cider was a joy to me. I loved breaking the story. Yeah. I loved writing it because I knew where I was going. Right. Um, I just felt really organized and on top of things. I loved researching everything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, not that the other ones weren't a joy. There was just something really special about this book that, 
every step was fun yeah. and every step was exciting. Um, but the biggest change, I think, was the timeline. Yeah. I, I wrote it in a much shorter window. And I loved it because I don't think that, at least to me, it doesn't seem like that from the final product. <laughs> I don't think so. But I'm terribly biased. Um, but I think that, you know, it's just to, sh- to show that my, my writing has grown. Yeah. And I'm able to kind of skip all those early awful drafts and get to something more usable. Yeah. Qu- more quickly. More quickly. Yeah. Of course, you might not feel that way given that you have the draft of the fourth book. <laughs> I totally feel that way. I'm reading the draft of the fourth book now. Um, and I do, I can see that you have created something that is very usable. Like there's a lot to work oh, with. Good. And um, if I remember the first draft of Luck, Love, Lemon Pie, uh, oh my God. It wasn't quite as user-friendly <laughs> as this is. No. <laughs> so you're really growing that, with yes. each book. Yes. Yeah. Like Love and Lemon Pie, I didn't know what that was. I didn't know what I wanted it to be mm-hmm. until like the last draft almost. Whereas Cider, I always knew what it wanted. You always knew what I wanted you were it going. to be. Yeah, for sure. I, I had a very strong goal and that was a wonderful learning experience because now I know if I have a strong goal going in, you can get there. it really just helps the entire process. Totally. Totally. Um, yes. So one last topic that I really want to cover is something that makes this book really special is that it takes place in um, Door County, which is not a place yes. that I think a lot of people have heard about, but I know that you're very passionate about. Can you tell us a little bit yes. about Door County? Yes. So if you're looking at Wisconsin, Door County is that little peninsula that goes out into Lake Michigan on the east side. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it, well, it's a peninsula, so it's surrounded by water and three <laughs> sides. And it has a different, slightly different climate. Um, one of the reasons it's so ideal for orchards is because the water keeps the temperature. This is getting way too technical, and you don't really need to know this. And now I've started, and I have to finish it. Finish it, finish um, it. <laughs> in the fall, you don't get the, the late frost, the early frost that oh. you would in inland because the water keeps the air temperature warmer. So, so sorry, the apples can stay on the, on the <laughs> branch longer and get sweeter? Right. So they can finish there. Exactly. So they can, you're, you're not going to have those, those harvests get ruined by frost right. as often as you would if they were inland. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was a fun little fact. Yeah. Um, but Door County is a huge vacation spot. It's often compared to like Martha's Vineyard mm-hmm. or, you know, sort of those fun little East Coast Oceanside like town. Beach communities. Uh, we have lots of lighthouses, scenic mm-hmm. roads to drive on, adorable, cute little towns where they have wonderful boutiques and restaurants, and there's beaches and state parks, and of course the orchards that are cherry and apple orchards. It's just a wonderful vacation place, and I think what also makes it really special is it's not very commercial. Yeah. So there are no chain restaurants. Mm-hmm. You know, you get past a certain point, you're not going to see a McDonald's, you're not going to see a jack-in-the-box right um they don't even have stoplights if i remember it's been a while but wow they don't have stoplights after a certain point Mm -hmm. it's just perfect and everything slows down so it's one of those wonderful places that i and it's really special for wisconsin everybody in wisconsin has been to door county at least once Mm -hmm. and and has that soft spot for it so that's wonderful i'm dying to visit door county You need to come. I know. We'll have so much fun. We'll, we'll take it if by you, storm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. When you come to Wisconsin, you're going to have to be here for like a month. You have so much to do. <laughs> we'll have to cover everything from all three books. Or, well, four now. That's right. <laughs> yes. 
Um, so well, many brandy old fashioned. Exactly. So many fish fries. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, I'm going to let you go, but thank you so much okay. for joining us. Um, and oh. if you're interested in hearing what Amy's answers to our uh, true confessions questions are, you can check out xoxoafterdark.com where they will be posted. Yay. Hey. Thank you so much for having me. You yeah, know I love it. My pleasure. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to XOXO After Darkcast. Okay, we are going to play uh, a game called Guess the Prickly Heroine from her quote. <laughs> and Abby made it up, and so Diana's going to play with us because yes. Abby already knows the answers. Right. I had to look up the answers. Um, because I think that in many cases when we call a woman or when someone calls a woman prickly, really it just means that as a woman who is not afraid to speak her mind. So I would not, in fact, insist that all these women are prickly, but they are certainly strong, and we've pulled quotes about being a strong woman. So I will read them. And, and then we're just supposed to shout out, right? If you happen to recognize it, you can shout it right out. And many of cool. these you probably won't off the scratch. And I okay. will give you a hint or two. Okay. When a man gives his opinion, he's a man. When a woman gives hers, she's a bitch. Steinem. No, this is a classic film actress. Hepburn. Um, wait, say it again. When a man gives his opinion, he's a man. Marlene Dietrich. When a woman gives hers, she's a bitch. I think probably We're around the right time. She was the star of films such as Now Voyager and All About Eve. Oh, oh. Um, Betty Davis. Yes. Damn. <laughs> I was okay. on the tip of my tongue. Um, no, Wait, what? Did she say that in a movie or did she say that in real life? I don't know. She said it on Pinterest. She just said it on. <laughs> she just said it on the feud. Quotes. The feud that wonderful. Right. I'm sorry. Mini I have search. no adequate sourcing, but I did. In the fact, internet. I did go to uh, parts of the internet where they at least gave a person along with the quote. I uh, didn't take enough. any of the ones that just had flowers. Okay. <laughs> uh, know what? Bitches get stuff done. Uh, that's Tina Fey. Yes, it is oh, Tina Fey. Nice. Yes. Oh. All right. Um, I don't care what you think about me. I don't think about you at all. Scarlet. No, but a good choice. This is a real person. All of these are real humans. That's actually. a Catherine Hepburn, I think. It is not, but no? also excellent. This is a famous uh, fashion designer. Oh, Car- yeah. No. Mm. But good also guess. Good that was a good guess. Earlier than that. Oh, Chanel. no. Uh, yes, it was. Yes. Oh, Coco Chanel. Chanel. Coco. Nice. nice. Diana, nice. Uh, this one... I I meant to have more time to look up because I'm not sure I trust the sourcing on this. <laughs> uh, but one of us here might recognize it, and we'll see. It's a long one. You must get an education. You must go to school, and you must learn to protect yourself. And you must learn to protect yourself with the pen and not the gun. And the reason I think someone here might recognize it is someone here is doing a book about this historical person. Is it... Josephine Baker. It is apparently Josephine Baker. According, wow. According to the internet. <laughs> um, I think I've seen that one on the internet before. Yeah. You can ask, uh, you can ask your author if, I will. in fact, it is true. I'm sure if, if that's a real quote, it is in the book. She's a meticulous researcher, yes. this author. Uh, how about... Um, I ain't afraid to love a man. I ain't afraid May to, West. Sh- to shoot him either. Oh, Annie Oakley. Annie Oakley. Yes, Darn Annie Oakley. It. Good job. Ah. <laughs> May West was a good guess, though. May West an excellent, excellent guess. Excellent guess. <laughs> yes. Um, 
uh, here a a modern a more modern take. Power's not given to you. You have to take it. Sheryl Sandberg. No. Lena Dunham. From the world of entertainment, but not Lena Dunham. The chick from Empire. Amy cookie. Schimmer. Cookie. <laughs> who's who's our real life cookie? Taraji P. Hansen. Taraji P. Hansen. Well, no, no. Not actually that. Sorry. I was oh, um, Viola Davis. No. No. Real life cookie. Not acting. It's a different art. Oh, oh Beyonce. It's Beyonce. Oh. <laughs> it's the queen bee. Uh, no country can ever truly flourish if it stifles the potential of its women and deprives itself of the contributions of half its citizens. Catherine the Great. No, but that is excellent. That's a little democratic for Catherine the Great. Oh, um, no, Catherine Iron Lady. Women. Margaret Thatcher. Newer than that. Newer. But Hillary Clinton. Think politics. Gloria Stein. Elizabeth Hillary Warren. Clinton. Elizabeth um, Warren. Stifles half of its... Say the quote You're again. right around. The, you're all circling the right person. Angela Merkel. No. No country can ever truly flourish if it's Malala. The potential. No, I actually, there's no God Malala quote here, although I there I kept getting one. If it stifles the potential of its women and deprives itself of the contributions of half its citizens. America Ferreira. Indira. <laughs> Indira Gandhi. This person is certainly White House adjacent, but was not, in fact, a Oh, holder oh, oh, of Michelle Obama. It's Michelle oh. Obama. Oh. <laughs> Damn it. I know. All right. Such um, a wise one. Last one. one. This is the last one. Uh, this is a trick question. It is not a woman. It is a man. Oh. <gasps> <gasps> I'm I not. Like a, it. I'm not ashamed to dress like a woman because I don't think it's shameful to RuPaul. be a woman. Eddie Izzard. No, and no. Though those would be Say the it two. Again? I'm not ashamed to dress like a woman because I don't think it's shameful to Bowie, be a woman. Bowie, David Bowie. Uh, no, but closer to that era. Also a musician. Oh, uh, Peter Boy Gabriel. George. Peter Gabriel. <laughs> he, when he was in Steven Genesis, Tyler. by the way, he used to dress oh. like a freak adik. Um, let's see. Literally opposite of the yeah. message. Uh-huh. Uh, I know, but there you go. Yes, um, Elton I think John. He did. I think he did Lust for Life. Lust for Life. Iggy Pop. Yes. Oh, there you go. Why did you wink at me? I didn't. I was like, oh. I thought you knew. I thought you know music. I don't I know. Do. Yes, Iggy Pop. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I do. Solid. Thank you. <laughs> well, I didn't know Iggy Pop dressed like think, a woman. I think, I think Kate, Kate may have taken that one. Down. I totally crushed it. Yeah. Absolutely. All that time on on feminist Pinterest is really serving me well. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Amy Reichert, for joining us, and yes. thank you guys for listening. And as always, the best conversations happen, happen after, after dark. dark. Stay prickly. <laughs> <laughs>